Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. If you want more of him, if you're hungry for him, put your hands together for him today. Um, before we get into the message, uh, just a couple of things. Number one, this coming Saturday at 9 a.m., we're going to continue with the social training that we've been doing. We started uh, last Saturday, and uh, we're going to continue this Saturday coming up with our dear uh, Larry that he's walking off the platform right now and, and his wife, Helen. So uh, just come. Uh, it's free. And uh, we've been inviting, this time is going to be part two, we couldn't cover all the material, but we want to train people in this church that God would use in a mighty way to bring freedom and healing and deliverance to uh, all the people and the condition that they might find themselves in. So uh, this Saturday, we're going to continue with that. Also, uh, today we have step two of our growth track. So I want to encourage you, if you came uh, for Growth Track, you're in the wrong room, all right? I would love for you to stay here with me today, uh, even though I don't see you guys too much. I feel like I'm in Hot Wheels, you know? Back in the days, I used to go skating in Thunder Wheels, Hot Wheels, and there would be all the smoke and everything like that, and I'm about to start breakdancing off here, you know what I'm saying? That's what we used to do back in those days. But anyways, uh, Growth Track Step 2, uh, actually my wife is up there right now and she's teaching it. So uh, if you're new to NUMA, you haven't done your Growth Track, man, I'm going to encourage you guys to go ahead and do it. It's going to be a blessing for your life to be able to connect with the way that God wired you. That's, that's pretty much in a nutshell what Growth Track is all about. Uh, and you're going to hear me speak about it every week. So if you want to get me off your back, just say, all right, Pastor, I did it, you know, and, uh, and we're good with that. And the third thing is uh, I want to ask you guys to be praying uh, for my pastor, Kirk Nauri, and his wife, Violetta, there in Romania. And uh, they're helping uh, with the greatest humanitarian, uh, I think, uh, need that we've had in the world since World War II. Um, with all these evacuees, everybody that has left Ukraine in about 15 days. It's been over 2.5 million people that have just rushed out. Uh, the images are horrible. The things that are going on, please pray for Pastor Kirk. Actually, this week they did a news report on him in a station in St. Pete. They came out in the news, and uh, that's powerful. And uh, he's one of the few Americans that instead of leaving, they're actually going in. That's the way that my pastor's wired, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, there's a quick update video that I want you guys to see on the screen, because last week we took part of the offering that you guys gave, your tithes, and we send it over to them. Uh, let me tell you something. With $3,000, we could fill up a whole van of supplies, of medical supplies, of food, of clothing that is going in uh, to where it needs to go. You know, so let's watch this update video here real quick behind me. We are in Romania right now, day number five. And today we visited the Central Christian Agape Church, which is located just 30 miles north of our Hope Center. There are some 20 Ukrainian refugees now staying here, mostly women and children who left everything behind to seeking a safe place to live. They came from a city nearby Odessa, and after departure, 
every bridge in the city got destroyed, many left behind with no way out. We brought the much-needed supplies like medicine, non-perishable foods, and other supplies that families need. We have made many stops along the way. We can't wait to share with you more of what we're doing here. But for now, we could use your financial help if you'd like to provide support for the refugees. Visit our website to give today. We are in Romania. Uh, one of the amazing things that is happening is that as people are getting picked up from the border and taken to these places where they could be safe, there's people that are preaching Jesus to them. And the amazing thing is that literally, literally all the hands on the buses are going up to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We could put our hands together for that because even in the midst of these crazy times, all right, Jesus becomes what our only hope. He becomes that, that, that we could run to. So like I said last week, and I'm going to encourage you again at the end of, of the service, you know, what we give here today are tithes and offerings. We're going to take a portion to the, of that, and we're going to dedicate it to this effort, you know, so that we could continue uh, not only praying, we need to pray, but also uh, being part uh, of those that are assisting and helping in whichever way uh, that we can, all right? So, like I told you last week, we started the series called Jesus Is, all right? Jesus Is is going to take us all the way into Easter or Resurrection Sunday, and every week we're going to be using uh, different attributes of Jesus in order to fill in what that statement or that blank says. Jesus Is, man, Jesus is so many things. And last week, one of the things that we took off, you know, and we put it off to the side is that Jesus is not a liar, all right? And he was not a lunatic. He was not crazy. But Jesus is what? Is Lord, how he declared himself to be. And, and if you missed last week's teaching, let me tell you something. It's one of those that help you anchor your faith into truth, you know? And uh, you can see it on our YouTube channel, uh, Numa Church Miami. You could revisit that and all these different platforms like, you know, uh, podcasts and Google Play and all these things. You could see it there. Now, today's message, I've titled it, Jesus is all that I need. And that's why I was saying what I was saying a moment ago. Jesus is all that I need. And I want to encourage you to take some notes of what we're going to speak here today, because today we're going to learn about four things that I need right now in my life. I don't need them next week. All right. I don't need them a month from now, or I don't need them next year. Things that I need right now in my life that Jesus provides for me. Jesus provides for us. Or things that I need right now that Jesus provides for us. Number one, write this down. Right now, I need to know that I am not alone. Hmm, that's so important. You see, when times are going crazy and when I don't know what to do and, and I feel isolated and I feel afraid and I feel that I'm the only one going through this situation, I need to know that I am not alone. One of the most difficult things that happened during the pandemic was family members that were in hospitals and, you know, in very, you know, grave conditions and their loved ones couldn't go see them, couldn't go visit them. One of the most difficult things was family members that passed away without having 
the, the husband or the wife or the, or the daughter or the son there to say their last goodbyes. And, 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 and we know nurses. There's nurses that congregate here with us at the church. And, 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 and one of the hardest things that sometimes they had to do was actually do a FaceTime call so that they could say goodbye to that person that was passing away. And their complaint, their, their, their most difficult complaint was that in their last moments, they were all alone. There was nobody there. As most of you guys know, uh, my mom in December, uh, she had a heart situation and she had to go to the hospital. And uh, she spent in the hospital about a month, month and a half or so. Right now she's in a rehab uh, facility and she's getting the help that she needs. My mom is already getting up with a walker and taking steps and everything. And she was without walking for about two months and a half. But one of the most difficult moments that I lived, we were actually uh, in one of the services that we were doing in Tampa and, and in Orlando, and we're driving back. The visitation time was only till about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And we finished over there, so we decided to, to drive back. I wanted to see how my mom was. It was right before uh, New Year's. And as I'm driving back, I'm going as fast as I can because I know that I'm only going to be with her maybe about 35 minutes, 40 minutes, you know. And, and my mom don't know how to FaceTime, you know. She had her phone with her, but she don't know how none of those things work, you know what I'm saying. And uh, I'm driving back, I'm driving back. I finally get to Jackson Memorial North. And, and when I get there, I see that there's nobody outside. And I'm like, well, that's odd. You know, there's always, you know... A lot of people, usually a lot of loud Cuban people, you know, talking and drinking coffee. You know, it looks like the outset of a, you know, a Casavana or something like that. And this time they weren't there. I'm like, hmm, this is weird. So when I walk into the lobby, the lady says, well, I don't know if you know that the COVID numbers have shot up. And I'm like, yeah, of course. They're like, well, we've canceled all visitation. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I just drove four hours from Orlando to see my mom. What do you mean that there's no visitation? No, 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 you can't go in. And I'm like, well, can you put me with room? And I said, whatever room there is. And when I call that room, somebody else answers the phone. It got, it got even worse, you know. I'm like, uh, you know, like my mom disappeared. You know, she's not answering the phone. She can't walk, you know. You can't really lose her, you know. And... Uh, I call the room, some other lady answers. She goes, nope, Alicia Poveda's not here. I'm like, where is she? And then they start searching for her all over the hospital, and they can't find my mom. Like, hello? <laughs> you know, she's 87. She's not going anywhere too quick. And you know what my biggest concern was? I told the lady, she is all alone. She is by herself. I'm her son. I need to figure out where she is. And it was something inside of me. I got back in the car. I was upset. I was angry. Pastor, you get upset. At, oh, yeah, you better believe, especially when these guys are talking a different language than the one you are, you know. And I was upset. And Gabby's like, don't worry. Come down. She goes, let me get down. Let me help you figure this out. Because I was livid at that moment. Finally, they were able to find out that they had moved my mom like two days before to another room and all these things happened. But my biggest fear was what? That she was alone. You see, being alone sometimes takes us to a point of desperation. Being alone takes us to a place of frustration. 
So when I think about what I need right now, I need to know what? That I am not alone. When I look at these images from Ukraine, you know what are the ones that most break my heart? When the families are saying goodbye to one another. And the parents are giving their children off to strangers. And I imagine those kids saying, even though they're accompanied by people, they're probably saying, we are all alone. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? Where's my grandma? What in the world is going on? You see, a few weeks ago, I was up here, and I was saying that probably the greatest human pain that we could go through uh, emotionally is abandonment. I mentioned that. When Jesus was on the cross, what was his cry? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Being alone is something that hits at the soul of every human so hard, so difficult. Leaving families, all these different things. But I want to tell you something. Even though physically speaking, that might be what you and I see, that's not the reality in the spirit. The reality in the spirit is a completely different one. Why? Because Jesus is, and you can write this down, Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, I want you to go with me to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel, God with us. Since the moment that Jesus Christ entered this world, God has been with us. We have not been alone. Actually, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is John chapter 1, verse 14. And I'm going to tell you why it is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, and the word became flesh. Words became action. God didn't just scream from heaven, I love you and you're not alone. No, he became a human being. He became a person. He entered our world. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You see that word dwelling there, the original word is tabernacled among us. He lived among us. He put on human flesh. And He lived among us. He was here in the midst and we have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. When Jesus came and He tabernacled, He lived among us. Let me tell you something today. He became one of us. He became flesh. He, 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 he became identified with our brokenness. He became identified with our need. He became identified with our pain so that you and I will never again say, no one understands me. Oh yes, you are understood. At least by one, you are understood. Nobody is there for me. I am so alone. No, that is not the reality in the Spirit. And especially for the son or daughter of God that is in this room or you that are watching me through that camera, you are never alone because God promised, Jesus promised to never leave you, never forsake you. He is there with you in the midst of your mess. When nobody's in there, when you send the text and you don't get a response, He is there. You are not alone. He is right there. When you say, no one loves me, what a lie from the pit of hell. 
What a lie. He said, I'm not special. I'm not important. What a lie from the pit of hell. Those are lies of the enemy. God loved you so much that he became like you. He became like me so that we will never be alone. The second thing that we need right now that Jesus provides. Right now, I need a light for my path. I need a light for my path. Why? Because when things are blurry, when you don't know where to go, when you can't see where you're going, when things are dark around you, you need what? You need a light for your path. The other day, <laughs> we were staying in a, in a hotel over there in Tampa. And I don't know if this happens to you. You know, sometimes you're, you're traveling and going to different places and you stay outside of your home and you wake up in the night and you're, you need to go to the bathroom, but you're like trying to figure out where you are. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, wake up and you're like, this doesn't look like my roof. I'm like, where am I? You see, in my house, I can travel my house with the lights off back and forth and I don't need to turn on a light. I know where everything is, you know, except, you know, the foot of my bed that sometimes I hit, you know, the corner of my pinky with it, and then words come out of my, anyways, that's another story, but as I was there in that hotel room, and it was so dark, and I was like, I need to go to the bathroom, where is the light switch? I was like, I couldn't figure out where the light switch was, because I couldn't figure out where I was. Thank God for these phones, that you just go like this, and you flip this thing, and then you have what? You have a flashlight. Who was going to tell you that we were going to have flashlights, cameras, and all these things on a phone, right? But now you do. So what did I do? When I couldn't see my way around, I needed to do what? I needed to turn on a light. I needed to do what? I needed to turn on a light so that I could see my way around. Let me tell you something. As things get darker and darker around us, I need to know where I'm walking in this life. I need to know where I'm going. I need to know that I'm not going to be tripped up. I need to know that I'm going to be safe. I need to know, okay, where I am going. And Jesus is what? Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. When you have Jesus in your life, you have light. You're not condemned to be in darkness. You have a light in your life. Look what John 8, 12 says. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I love that. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So if things look dark in your life and things look dark in my life, you know why it is? Because we're not following him. We stopped following. Somewhere along the way, we veered off the path and the light was over there and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to take a couple of steps this way. And as you keep on taking a couple of steps this way, what ends up happening is you go off track and you go away from the light. Because Jesus says in the scripture, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of the world came because the children were walking in the valley of the shadow of death. 
let that sink in for a second. The children of God were walking in the valley of the shadow of death. And you know what? God said, no, no, my, my kids were not created for that. My kids were not made for that. You see, we need to see things, church, and I need you guys to take a look real quick here. We got to look at things from the, a different perspective. We got to see things from heaven's perspective. Things look different when you look at things from heaven's perspective. You see, this is not everything. There's more. The, the, this week, you know, uh, in the family, we had a loss. My brother-in-law's uh, wife's mom passed away. His mother-in-law passed away. And she had been dealing with, with cancer for some time. And she was going through so much pain. And, and one of the things I told my wife, I'm like, babe, I'm going to be very honest. I, I've been in that situation. Because I've lived through dark moments of, of pain and, and hurt. And I said, you know what's the best thing for her? She's, you know, 70-something. Her condition is worsening by the day. Morphine doesn't even take away the pain anymore. You know what the best thing is? That daddy, God would just come have mercy on her and take her home. You see, when you see this world as everything, you'll be like, Pastor, isn't that a cruel prayer? No, that's a mercy prayer. That's a light prayer. Because the children were never made to go through that pain. You and I were created for a perfect, sinless world. That's where God prepared for us. That's what he made for us. But because of the sin that entered this world through Adam, okay? I've always had this picture in my mind. Adam's going to be very tired when I get to heaven because everybody's going to be running after him and say, you know what, bro? <laughs> Man, you messed up. I'm going to head to heaven and give Adam a Gatorade. Like, bro, you need to take a break. He messed up and he messed everybody up. And sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, okay, God said, this is not what I created for my children. This wasn't my perfect plan for them to go through all these things. So when death touches the body, when sickness touches the body, when abuse touches the life of a little boy or a little girl, you know what's the most innocent thing in the world? A little four or five-year-old boy or little girl. And when you abuse somebody like that, and all of a sudden pain comes into their heart, all of a sudden trust gets shattered. It's the most wicked thing. And it's in that darkness that Jesus comes into somebody's life and starts to do what? Starts to shine light in the middle of the darkness. And you think that your whole life is going to be like that. And God says, you know what? No, there's a stop to this. There's a stop coming to this. No, I'm going to shine light. And sometimes, guys, all we need to do is embrace the light. Because we've gotten so used to the darkness. Come on now. We've gotten so used to doing things our way, and we don't want people to find out, and we don't want this, and we don't want that. And we sort of like hang out with the darkness and embrace it. No, you know what? No. Light is not bad. Light is actually a person. Jesus is light. Embrace the light. Invite the light into your life. And if there's areas of darkness in you, let your prayer be like David that he said, Search me, O God. That's a, that, that's a very dangerous prayer for a believer to do. If you're here this morning and you want to do a dangerous prayer, this is a dangerous prayer. Search me, Lord. 
and find if there's, if, there's, if there's ways of wickedness, of pain, of hurt inside of me. When you make a prayer like that, you know what God starts to do? He don't turn on no flashlight. It's like if the sun all of a sudden just comes up inside of you. And you start to see things. You're like, oh, I didn't know that was there. And when the light is turned on, you know what God starts to do? He starts to heal. He starts to mend up. John 1, 4, John 1, 4 and 5 says, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And pay attention to this part of the verse. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, darkness cannot overcome light. You know what darkness does when light is turned on? It flees. It runs. It can't stand in the presence of light. So you know what? May God's light, Jesus is the light of the world, shine your path and my path. In these days where things are so shady, may his light shine. The third thing that I need Jesus to provide for me, the th third thing he wants to provide for all of us, right now, right now, I need peace in the middle of the turmoil. I need what church? I need peace. I need peace. I need peace. <laughs> I'm 45 years old. I feel 25. My body responds like it was 65, you know, so it's like... The other day I was playing basketball with my two boys and all of a sudden my first three shots, air ball. In my head, bro, those shots were going straight in, man. And all of a sudden when I went like that, I heard, I was like, what in the world? <laughs> what happened, bro? <laughs> I was sure I was going to will that ball straight into that basket, man. It didn't happen. You know? And we live in a world right now where there's so much confusion, so many things. In 45 years of life, I haven't seen all the confusion that there is right now. Worship team, you guys could come up. People are desperate for a little bit of peace. Say with me, peace. Say, I need peace right now. Oh, we need peace right now. And I want to tell you something. Your peace... And my peace, it has a name. And you know what that name is? That name is Jesus. Why is your peace and my peace Jesus? Well, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, in this verse, we see many other attributes or names that are wonderful of who Jesus is. But I love to see that at the end of that verse, it says that He is what? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And right now, if you're here in this room today, you're watching through that camera. 
and there's no peace inside of you. Maybe you're sitting there and inside of you, you're like all angsty and everything. You know who you are. You're at home, you're watching TV and you get up five times from the couch to go see what's in the fridge. The first time you already saw that there was nothing, you know. But you get up the second, third, and fourth time to see if something magically just appeared inside the fridge. How do you know, Pastor? Hello. And sometimes our anxiety, our desperation, we just can't be alone, man. We can't be still for a second. Like if we had ants in our pants, you know. We say that to the little kids in school. You have ants in your pants. It's not the little kid, man. The parents sometimes worse than the little kid. And you need God's peace in your life. Maybe you're going through depression. And you're watching online because you can't even get up from your bed this morning to walk into this room. I was talking to a person the other day that is going through a difficult situation in their life. And it was like 6 o'clock in the afternoon. This pastor haven't even gone up from bed to, to eat or anything today. He goes, I don't even want, want to open the curtains in my room. I just want to stay in here. I'm like, bro, you get up right now. <laughs> you open that shade. The enemy's a liar. And he'll come and tell you, you have no hope. The situation has overpowered you. And you know what? The enemy is like a bully that comes and, and tries to steal God's peace from your life. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He governs over peace. You could be here this morning. Maybe you've gone through a loss. Maybe you've lost something precious in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. You were backstabbed. Person passed away. I don't know. Could be anger that's stealing your peace. And all of a sudden something rises up inside of you. And you're like, I don't know where this comes from. But I see myself acting and that's not who I am. And as children of God, a lot of times we're going through things like that. Then we come, and we put our Sunday's best, and I'm like, all right, you know, Pastor Max comes up here and says, hey, say hello to the person next to you, behind you, and you're like, hey, you know. And inside, you're a mess. How do you know? I've been doing this for some time. And I know that a lot of times we try our best. But let me tell you something. You could try and try and try until you don't allow the Prince of Peace to really heal those areas inside of you. You could fake it. You could try all your best. But it's still going to come back to haunt you. You could be dealing with sickness, anxiety, fear, pain. You need the Prince of Peace. But before I go on into my fourth point this morning. I want you to close your eyes right there for a second. I'm not closing the service. I just want us to take this moment to go to the Prince of Peace. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right there where you're at. 
Is there anything that is stealing my peace right now in my life? Just ask the Holy Spirit that. Is there anything that is stealing my peace right now in my life? And he's going to show you a situation come up. He's going to show you a face. He might say a word to you. You might see something come up. And as you see that, or he shows you whatever it is that's stealing your peace. Right now, I want you to take that situation. Now, I want you to take hold of it. I want you to grab it with your hands. If it's a person, if it's a thing, just, take, just grab it a second in the spirit. And I want you to walk over to Jesus. And I want you to imagine Jesus sitting on his throne. Come on. Doing a little bit of so-so here today, Larry. <laughs> and I want you taking your hands, that situation, that person, I want you to walk over to Jesus right now. And whatever it is, I want you just to imagine yourself kneeling down in front of the throne of Jesus, just putting that situation at his feet. Because he is the prince of peace. He's seated in a place of government and authority. He has authority over that situation. So just take that, put it at his feet. And now I want you to get up. And I want you to embrace Jesus. There in your mind, I want you to embrace Jesus. And I want you to see Jesus standing up and just hugging you, embracing you. And as you see this image in your mind, once again, we're using our imagination. We imagine so many crazy things. Let's use your imagination for something good. I want you to imagine Jesus just hugging you right now, embracing you right now. And as he hugs you, he tells you, my peace I give unto you. My peace I give unto you. I give you my peace. And I want you to see Jesus like if he had a present in his hand and he's handing it off to you. And you know that that present that he's giving you is his peace. He's giving it to you right now over that situation, over that problem, over that person. I want you to say, Thank you, Jesus. I want you to say, I receive your peace in my heart right now. Say it. I receive your peace, Jesus, in my heart. Jesus, tell him, you are my prince of peace. You are my prince of peace. Amen. So right now, I declare a sound mind over you. I declare a sound mind over you. I declare his peace reigning over your heart right now. Amen, brother. <laughs> I declare his peace reigning over you right now. And the fourth thing that I need that Jesus provides right now, I need a savior that will come and rescue me. Luke, 9, uh, Luke 19 verse 10. 
It says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus came, the Bible says, to seek and to save the lost. If you're here this morning or you're looking through that camera and you feel lost, oh, Jesus came to save you. You feel lost in this world. You don't know where to go for comfort. You don't know where to go for salvation. I want to tell you something. The Bible says that God created you to have a relationship with him. And because of sin, that relationship was broken. So Jesus is who? Jesus is your Savior. Jesus came to stand in the gap between you and God. And when Jesus was upon that cross, you know what he was doing? What he was doing, he was taking your place and my place. The pain that he went through, the whipping that he took, the beating that he took, we needed to take that because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. His death was really supposed to be my death. But Jesus died so that I wouldn't have to go through that. I wouldn't have to experience that type of death. Oh, well, we're all going to die physically. But the moment that you and I die physically and you have Jesus as your Savior, I want to tell you something that I heard Billy Graham one time say. You'll be more alive than on your best day here on earth. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, He is your Savior. The day your eyes close in this world, you'll be more alive than ever. So I want everybody in this room to close your eyes. You're, watching, you're at home, close your eyes. And I'm going to make this simple invitation before we sing, guys. Usually we sing, but I'm going to jump in here real quick. If today you're here in this morning and you don't know for sure that you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus is our Savior. I want to give you the opportunity right now to invite him into your heart and to ask forgiveness for your sins. And as you ask forgiveness for your sins and you invite him in, the Bible says that you become a son or daughter of God when you do that. You see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to build that bridge back with God so that you and I could become sons and daughters of God once again. It was broken because of sin. Today that relationship could be mended because Jesus is our Savior. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want Jesus as my Savior. I don't know if I would die, if I would go to heaven. I don't know if I have a relationship with God right now. Well, I want you to leave this place sure of that. With your eyes closed and head bowed, I want you to make this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, today I recognize that you came here to earth to live a perfect life, a sinless life, to pay for my sins when you died upon the cross. Today, I invite you into my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for me. And I pray that right now you would take me by the hand into the arms of my loving Heavenly Father. From this moment on, 
I declare myself or son or daughter of God. And I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to live the life that you have for me. And there where you're at, just say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.